0: Shh, it's starting.
1: There are kids in this world who are different, special.
0: I think it's a hoverboard.
1: They look like us and they act like us, but they are not us.
0: Your Mother nature. Who wants a selfie with the
2: Grim Reaper? There's a girl flying in the water. Find the treasure. She belongs to the world. It's a broken locket, exactly like
1: mine.
3: Mars Imagination Amplified.
1: Well, hello Big Fib listeners. It is officially summer vacation here at the Big Fib. So while Deborah and I drop in on some sick waves. <laughs> wait, wait, what did you just say? We're going to drop in on some sick waves. You know, all that surfing we'll be doing while we rerun summer-themed episodes.
3: Oh, you're a robot, Lisa. You can't surf.
1: Ooh, a challenge. Okay, listeners, while I prove Deborah wrong... Again, by becoming a world surfing champion, (laughs) I will...
3: No, No, that escalated quickly.
1: (laughs) Enjoy our favorite summer-themed episodes, and we'll be back in September with new episodes in a championship surfing trophy. I am gonna hang ten, bro! Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President F. Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt, dinosaurs had two brains. <laughs> Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school fly in flying cars, or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian,
4: an astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can he spot the lie?
1: From Climber, Pennsylvania,
3: this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the interactive, confidence boosting guardrail of truth and the searing hot slide metal of entangled lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience.
1: That's right. I am live. I'm in the studio, and I'm the audience. You would be if you were here, but you're not, and I am, so I am. Uh, Exactly. And because I'm representing all the audiences all the time, I want to take... This time, to answer our audience's questions sent to us on the gzmshows.com website.
3: Ooh, that sounds good to me.
1: Okay, I don't, I don't think I asked, but uh, it's nice to hear. Now I wanted to respond to a 10 year old in Australia. I'll upload the <laughs> message for you from my ogle My name is Leigh, I'm 10 and
0: I'm from Australia. My question for Lisa is,
3: what does a normal day in Lisa's life look like? outside of the podcast, like on a day where you don't record. Good question. What does a normal day look like for you, Lisa?
1: Oh, that's, that's really fascinating. Well, let's see. My day usually starts with some meditation.
3: Mm, Nice. Are you focusing your thoughts on your personal or professional goals?
1: What? No. Mostly I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast.
3: (laughs) Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Continue.
1: Yeah. Well, then after eating said breakfast, I need to take a nap, of course. I um, shut down the old circuitry to save energy for the rest of my. Very busy day. Mm. Then several hours later in the afternoon, I try to spend a little time on my memoir or my screenplay or air guitar. Oh,
3: right. I forgot about your air guitar. What else? What else do you do?
1: Occasionally, I'll meet up with some friends at our shared server to do you know, robot things, you know, like uh, catch up, play some games, share software, draft our plans to conquer the planet and install a governing robot agency, you know, Typical stuff.
3: Okay, let's skip over this fantasy you have about taking over the world, shall we? And skip to your evenings. What happens then?
1: Okay, listen, Deborah. I'm trying to give you a warning, but if you want to bury your head in the sand and pretend that humans will not be working for us someday... La, la,
3: la, 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 I cannot hear you. My head is buried in the sand.
1: Oh, cool. Look out for snakes. (laughs) So then, in the evenings, I go through my dating apps to answer the many, 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 many five many's, many requests <laughs> that I get from all of my fans. You know, when you're a famous sound effects robot, you really have to spend a lot of time Weeding out the fans that are just in it for the glory. Uh And then, uh, let's see, in the evenings, if I'm not on a date, I might be receiving an award or learning a new language. Uh, I downloaded Droid Olingo and now I'm practically fluent in C. And let's
3: see, that's a typical day, Deborah. Wow, that is cool. Quite a schedule you've got. No wonder you never answer all the texts I send you. (laughs)
1: Oh, it it has nothing to do with that, Deborah. but very, very busy.
3: Okay, well, you're here now and not too busy to tell us all how our game works. Well, it's right here on my schedule, of course. Every
1: week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is... I can't believe we allow this, but the other one is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. At least we hope. That's what my IRA is riding on. What are we (laughs) lying about today, Deborah?
3: We are lying about playgrounds, places for children that facilitate play. Lisa, are there playgrounds that are made just for robots?
1: Oh, wow, Deborah, that is quite the uninformed question.
3: Well, yes, I don't have any information about robot playgrounds, which is why I'm asking you about them.
1: The fact is that robots play with their minds, not their bodies. So a Mm -hmm. robot playground is a server where we all meet up and code and game and collaborate on the proverbial robotic blacktop.
3: Ah, so no swinging or climbing or running?
1: Uh, We are running programs, Deborah, which is all the running that this robot needs. Thank you very much.
3: Understood. Okay, well, we're going to learn about playgrounds for humans today. So, Lisa, please tell us who our Human Child Contestant is.
1: Our Human Child Contestant is a 10-year-old who loves to bake, Amelia Wigmore.
3: Hello. (sighs) Hello, Amelia. How are you today? Good. So glad to hear it. We are very happy to have you here today. We want to learn a little bit about you, but first we'll start with that information that Lisa shared, which is that you like to bake. Who taught you how to bake? My mom taught me how to bake. Is she a good baker?
0: Yeah, she is a very good baker.
3: And is she a very good teacher? In other words, you can bake really well, too? Yes, she is a very good teacher. Excellent. What do you like to bake? I really like to bake cupcakes
0: and macarons a
3: lot.
1: Oh, I love macaroni. No,
3: not macaroni, macarons. They're French, kind of a light cookie with a creamy filling. Delicious.
1: Ooh, French macaroni. Yum.
3: Very nice. And do you like to watch cooking shows on TV too? I love
0: watching cooking shows.
3: What's your favorite cooking show? My favorite cooking show is probably Beat Bobby Flay. (gasps) Beat Bobby Flay uh, He's a really good chef Do you want Bobby Flay to win Or do you want the people who are Competing to beat him
0: You want the people who are competing to beat him You want him to lose Okay
1: I really like beatbox Bobby Flay It goes like this Hey, my name is Bobby Flay (coughs) 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 Bobby Flay
3: He's a chef, not a beatboxer Oh. Thank you, Amelia. But I do think you would win in a beatbox Bobby Flay episode, though, Lisa. That was very hoppa good. Hoppa hoppa. <laughs> and maybe we'll see you, Amelia, in a beat Bobby Flay bake macarons episode. Maybe. That would be cool. I also understand that you have a very special puppet. Is that correct? Yes. She is very special. Tell us about your puppet. Well, she's a pig. Ooh.
0: And I snuggle her like a stuffy so i pretend that she's a stuffy i totally forget that she's a puppet
3: oh but you can still play with her like a puppet too right yeah i can and what is her name her name is pig baby mm, pig baby <laughs> okay well pig baby if you're listening this episode is dedicated to you right amelia yes
1: amelia i i have a puppet you do Yeah, uh, her name's Deborah.
3: Hello! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hilarious. Moving on to more fun facts about Amelia, we're going to get into the spirit of the game. We're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. Amelia is going to tell us three facts about herself. However, two of those facts will be true, one will be a lie, and we will try to figure out which one is the lie. Amelia, what are your three facts? Okay, the first one is, I have built a snowman
0: in Times Square, New York City. I am a published poet, or I play the violin.
3: Huh, those are very interesting, and they all sound believable and fascinating. What do you think, Lisa?
1: Okay, uh, so I know there's Times Square, and I know there are snowmen, so I'm pretty sure that one is true. Uh, here's the thing where I think I got gotcha. you because I know that poets rhyme, and I haven't heard you rhyme, so therefore, <laughs> you are not a published poet. Please don't lie to me. I am a professional. Thank you. Good night.
3: Okay, you know not all poets rhyme. Do you know that, Lisa?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. They they talk and <laughs> rhyme from birth. That's like a condition they have.
3: Okay. Um, interesting logic, but we'll go with it for now. So, Amelia, tell us, which one of those three facts is your lie? I... I don't play the violin, but (gasps) I do play the piano.
1: Yeah, okay. But why is she not playing the piano right now? If she plays the piano, she would play it all the time.
3: She can't play the piano and also play the game. But more importantly, she's a published poet. I would like to know where we can read your poetry, Amelia. It is in a young
0: author's poetry book. And
3: what, it, does the poem have a title, or you can tell us what it's about?
0: It is about kittens, and
3: it's called
0: Kittens.
3: It's called Kittens. That sounds like a perfect poem. <laughs> <laughs> and does it rhyme? I tried to make it rhyme.
1: I told you poets rhyme.
3: <laughs> Not all of Not them. Not all. But that was very good, Amelia. That was very sneaky, which tells me you might be very good at telling the difference between a truth and a lie. That's what that tells me. What about understanding all the facts there are to know about playgrounds. Have you ever been on a playground? Lots of times. Lots of times. Very good. And what is your favorite thing to do on a playground?
0: I really like to go on the monkey bars.
1: How do you carry your piano across the monkey bars? You
3: cannot carry the piano across the monkey bars. The piano stays at home.
1: That's what I'm saying. I think she's lying about that, Deborah.
3: I don't think she is, but I think she's going to be very good at this game. So let's get going. Lisa, can we get some music for our playground experts?
1: I put a bunch of mulch and wood chips on the ground. So when you fall, if you fall, you'll be safe. Ta-da!
3: Delightful, thank you. Our first expert is Cheryl Corson. Cheryl, please introduce yourself to Amelia.
4: Hi Amelia, I'm Cheryl Corson and I am a certified playground safety inspector.
3: Let's meet our second expert, David Cowett. David, please introduce yourself to Amelia.
5: Hi, Amelia. My name is David Cowett, and I have the best job in the world. I design playground equipment for a living.
3: Awesome. Thank you for those introductions. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> like hot. Tell us about those swinging beats, Lisa.
1: Well, I've gone back and forth about it, but I've decided that it's definitely hot
3: seat time. <laughs> Correct. That is when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Amelia's questions. Lisa, whom shall we put on the hot seat first?
1: Cheryl Corson, because I love her songs, If I Could Turn Back Time, and Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves.
3: Um, okay. Okay, that would be Cher. Close enough.
1: This That's not Cher? Uh, I thought Cher was inspecting playgrounds now.
3: Mm, not so much, but perhaps we'll learn more. Okay. Amelia, what question do you have first for our expert Cheryl? What are all
0: the different stages that you have to go through when building the playground? Or, like when inspecting a playground?
3: Oh, that's an excellent question. So the first thing I like
4: to do is I look at the drawing that the architect made so I can see where everything is located so that I understand what's going on before I get to the site. I like to know who built the equipment, who installed the equipment, and who designed the layout and all that kind of thing. Then I schedule a site visit And then I go to the playground and I have to um, play on all the equipment and take measurements. And then I have to look at all the hardware, all the screws and the bolts and the nuts and the attachments to make sure that everything is tight and nothing is loose and jiggly. And then I go home and I have to write a report all about it and send it to the person who um, owns the playground. Amelia, back
0: to you. This question is for David. What is a normal day at your job like?
5: I get to bring my kids in to work uh, pretty much every day. I'll take them to a playground and that's that's kind of what my job is. I go to a playground, I observe what they're doing, and then I get inspiration for that. And so uh, I have a sketchbook and then I sketch out ideas uh, whenever I get inspired And then we take those ideas and turn them into what's called a prototype, and then we test that, and then it'll finally go into production. And, you know, we go from a concept to developing it to actually putting it on a playground, and that is, like, the most rewarding part of my job. But it's not all that I do, I, I wear different hats. Some days I'm designing custom graphics. I might be designing a trade show exhibit. I might be talking to customers. It's it's different every day, which I love. And it's kind of like going on a playground. Every you, you can find different rides and different things to do on a playground. I'm also president of the North American Slide Guild, and I send emails to our members, and we're gearing up for a fundraiser in December. And it's going to be a parody of Hamilton called Barnard. And it's about Henry Barnard, who was the first inventor of the playground. And we just got started on this.
1: How many hours a day do you uh, spend like designing wood chips?
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh that's an interesting question. We get them pre-made. So we have a a company we work with who uh and wood chips are very interesting because they're also a they could be a health hazard. So you have to really go with somebody who uses organic materials and no wood with pesticides.
1: That's why I'm always telling Deborah to stop eating them, but she doesn't listen. <laughs>
3: I don't eat wood chips. Why would she eat wood chips?
1: That's what I'm saying, Amelia. But does she listen? No.
3: Okay, go ahead, Amelia.
0: This one is um, for David. Does technology play a role in playgrounds?
5: Oh, Amelia, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually, it's revolutionizing Playgrounds, and it's so exciting. I'm I'm so excited to be a part of it right now. We've got Playgrounds we've designed that utilize interactive and educational gains. You connect through tablets and smartphones. Uh, We use biodegradable materials, 3D printing technology. We've got computer programs like Skinny, Merg, and Playtime, and that helps with modifying and analyzing Playgrounds. And kids use technology every day, so we like to incorporate that into our playgrounds. And it gives not just younger kids, but older kids as well, excitement about that.
3: So, Amelia, we're going right back to you with your next question. Okay, this question is for Share. Did you have to go through,
0: like, any training to get your job? Mm, yeah, like playground school.
4: The fact is that the first thing I got training in is landscape architecture. I went to graduate school for three years, and I am a licensed landscape architect, and my specialty is playground design. And because I was interested in that, I became a playground safety inspector in 2003, And that meant that I had to take a class and take a test. And I have to take the class and the test every three years because sometimes things change.
3: Right. Like sometimes you have to slide from the bottom up. Is that right? (laughs) That's right. But children really like
4: to go up slides. I have always seen that on a playground.
3: Yeah. Why do they do that? Amelia, why do you people do that? Yeah, what's up? Well, if you
0: love climbing, then you'd want to climb a lot of things. And
3: something that's slippery, it's kind of like a challenge.
1: Not me, Deborah. I say the ground is good enough.
3: I agree. Okay, Amelia. Hit us with another one. This one
0: is for Cheryl again. So what types of people would work on like designing a playground or like building a playground?
4: A lot of times landscape architects design playgrounds and it is uh, an important job because there are standards that you have to know about, like how far apart the equipment has to be from each other and where the entrances are and how to make the playgrounds so that everybody can play. That would include people that might be in a wheelchair or some people that even might have trouble to see. So we want the playgrounds to be accessible to all kids, and we want kids to be able to play together so that everybody is able to play together. And that lately is also including um, people of different ages, So uh, landscape architects will design playgrounds, and there are people like David who design the equipment, and we work very closely together with them to make sure that the playground is accessible, that it's safe, that it's fun and challenging, and that the little kids have an area to play in that's separate than the area of the big kids so that they're not all running into each other when they play.
3: Okay, Amelia, do you have another question? Yes. This one is for David and
0: it is how did you like become an expert?
5: Oh. Oh, that's a great question right there. So I my path isn't like a normal one. When I first started getting into watching things, Uh, it was because of my dad. He would take things apart, put them together, and i just watch him, and I thought it was the most awesome thing. And he was an iron worker, so he used to create things out of metal, so I'd see these sparks fly and uh, it It inspired me to go out and build forts and secret spaces. And my sisters and I would actually head down to the playground and we climb on anything that didn't move. We were young and, and adventurous and I've always been good with my hands. And so I started sculpting animals for the Rainforest Cafe and I built parade floats. But the playground always called back to me. So I started researching, where can I, is this a job? And I landed in Denmark, where I got an internship at a place called Monstrosity. And it's in Copenhagen, and it produces playground equipment. And that, to me, changed my life. So I came back here to the U.S. I worked with the Compline Play Institute in Austin. And then I opened my own company, which is called DC Marvels and Designs, back in 2005. And our mission is to assist in providing safe environments for all children to play in. Even Amelia? Especially Amelia,
3: Amelia should have her own playground, where, of course, she invites a lot of people to play with her because that's more fun. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com
2: or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are like really sneaky and you often don't know how they're feeling and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com/bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Don't you hate it when... Hey, Deborah. Isn't it annoying when... Deborah. What, Lisa? Is there a way to
1: listen to GZM podcasts uninterrupted? Uh,
3: why, yes, there is. Skip the interruptions. Go ad-free. Download the GZM Show's app, available in the App Store or Google Play for iOS and Android, and you... Thank you! Sure, I...
1: I hate being interrupted.
3: Me too. All right. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Amelia will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, get ready for a steep slide of questions. Amelia, let's start with Cheryl and ask your Shorts on Fire questions. Now, commands. What is the most popular
0: playground equipment?
4: Kids like to climb, and they find that climbing high is the most thrilling thing.
0: Factor five. fib? Playgrounds swing and monkey bars used to be placed over concrete.
1: That's true. Balls wow, of glass. Cool. There was just glass underneath. No,
0: no. <laughs> Continue, Amelia. In what U.S. city can you find the most playgrounds?
4: The most playgrounds by a lot are found in New York City. What does C?
0: P-S-I stand for?
4: That's what I am, a certified playground safety inspector.
0: What do you call the game where players hit a ball that is attached to a rope until it wraps around a pole?
4: I think that's called dodgeball.
0: If we were on a seesaw and you were up in the air, how would you answer this question? Buster, Buster, Buster Brown, what will you give me if I let you
3: down? A cupcake. Ooh. All right. And that is time. Time.
1: That's it. That's cheating. She gave her a cupcake, which is not as healthy as a Caesar salad. That's cheating. I didn't know we could do
3: cupcakes. (laughs) Okay. Ah. We are going to restart the timer, aren't we, Lisa? Uh,
1: That's the weekend. I'd rather not, but okay.
3: (laughs) Okay. Amelia, you can ask David your Shorts on Fire questions. Now. What kind of
0: swing allows small children to swing with older kids and parents?
1: It's a double buddy, which is also known as a Louise. Which is also known as a Nancy and also known as a triple buddy.
0: Okay, (laughs) continue, Amelia. Which U.S. president called for the construction of playgrounds as a way to protect children from playing dangerous games in hot city streets?
5: That was Calvin Coolidge.
0: Factor fifth, playground equipment is tested on real kids before going into production.
5: Oh, that's an absolute fifth. It's, we tested on people like us, designers, uh, and also, we bring in sometimes uh, professional stunt people.
1: Sometimes they test it on robots, which is very cruel.
3: Amelia, carry on, please.
0: Name one type of impact-absorbing
3: material.
5: Well, oh, there's gale crystals, which are usually used in warmer climates. Clown shoes. <laughs>
3: <Just> okay, <very laughs> Amelia. Don't take up her time, Lisa. Let's go, Amelia. What
0: do you call the ride that is giant?
5: lever that people sit on it to make it go up and down oh that's the seesaw or teeter-totter
3: and time oh my
1: goodness it uh, is time
3: <laughs> okay well done <laughs> neither of you teetered nor tottered it's decision time amelia must think about all the facts she's heard today and tell us which one of our supposed experts did not play well in the sandbox amelia who is our big fibber?
0: I think that it's Cheryl, because it's- I, like, a couple questions, I just like another one I knew, and
3: the answers didn't quite match. So that was a tough decision, but we're going with the possibility that some of the research you did did not match up with some of the answers Cheryl gave, correct? Yeah. Will the actual playgrounds expert, please tell us who you are.
4: Cheryl Corson.
3: (gasps) That is correct. Cheryl Corson is a licensed landscape architect, certified playground safety inspector, and a certified health and wellness coach living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. She enjoys helping other landscape architects design playgrounds that are fun, safe, and accessible. And you can find her at CorsonLearning.com. Let's move to some quality assurance, or in other words, some fact-checking. Cheryl, what were some of the lies that were too mulch to handle? There
4: is no North American Slide Guild, and Henry Barnard did not invent (laughs) playgrounds. Instead, what there is, is the National Recreation and Park Association, the International Playground Equipment Manufacturers Association, oh. and the International Playground Contractors Association. So many. Wait,
1: so uh, the Slide Guild just stole my money? It was a scam?
4: <laughs> yeah, you got to get that. You got to stop payment on that check there. Oh, no. Playground equipment is absolutely tested on kids when it's being (laughs) designed. Real kids play on the equipment, and then they they tweak it and refine it until it's ready to go into production.
3: Okay, David, how did you spinner the truth?
5: There are no programs, Merg and Skinny. Those are friends of mine. (laughs) uh, Oh. (laughs) The kind of swing is called a generation swing. It's not a Mm -hmm. double buddy or Louise. Uh, The U.S. president was not Calvin Coolidge. It was Theodore Roosevelt. And Gail Crystals is not an impact-absorbing material. It's a takeoff of Crystal Gale, which is a country singer.
3: (laughs) Sneaky. All right, well, I will tell you that... Um, do you know, Amelia, the game where players hit a ball that's attached to a rope until it wraps around a pole? Do you know that game? I have seen it. And it I is called...
0: dodgeball, what it was
3: not it. It's actually tetherball. Oh, yeah. 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 And... I've also heard, Cheryl, you tell me if this is correct, that the merry-go-round that sits near the ground so that kids in wheelchairs can ride it, I've heard is called an inclusive world. Does that sound familiar?
4: Not exactly, but it it would fit if- if, That would um, fit. Yeah,
3: Okay, and then just so you all know, there is a game, Buster, 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 Brown. You keep (laughs) the person up in the air until they tell you that they're gonna give you something that you really want. And then they let you down, and then the other person does the same. Amelia, would you have let Cheryl down for a cupcake? Maybe. Sounds like
1: she wants a delicious Caesar salad.
3: (laughs) Maybe so. Okay, well, we have reached the exit region of the bottom of the slide on this episode. Thanks to our contestant, Amelia, who guided us to the safety zone of truth. Thank you to our expert and liar, Cheryl and David, and to Lisa, our electronic voice of play. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where our all inclusive directional awareness still rings true.
1: The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions from me to read on Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind the scene photos and more true facts. And now, I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon on the ground where it is safe. Stop climbing stuff. Get down from
3: there, Deborah. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at www.gzmshows.com to be the first to hear about new shows, merch, and so much more.
1: GZM shows imagination amplified.
2: Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your
5: podcasts.
2: Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.